It's the Who's On First baseball show with the coach, Carl Damasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. The fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy on first base. Who is on first? Talking all things baseball on the Coach's Corner Sports Network. I'm not asking you who's on second. Who's on first? I don't know. Third base. And here we are, the coach and the baseball fanatic. And good evening, sports fans, and welcome to the Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast, Season 5, Episode 9, with the coach, called Demasi, and of course, our baseball fanatic, the man that has the plethora of the baseball knowledge. He, he's what makes me look smart in this show, and that's, of course, <laughs> Kyle Lawson. And it's for Tuesday, June 7th, 2022. What's up, uh, fanatic? How's it going? Skipper, good to talk to you tonight. We got a lot going on here. We're right in the thick of it here in early June, and uh, we're starting to see some people pull back from the pack, and some teams take a little bit of a step forward. We got a lot to talk about right now, but I just love that we get to do this every week, and uh, glad to see you're feeling better. I know you've been a little bit under the weather, but we got to talk some baseball tonight. Hey, you know what? There's no PPD for this show unless uh, you got family in, I got family in, or you get really sick, I get really sick at the same time. So uh, there are some PPDs, but not for this one tonight. And remember, the Who's on First Base baseball podcast is all brought to you by the Coach's Corner Sports Network right there on Victory Drive and Thunderbolt, voted the best, the best sports bar establishment for 2022 by Connect Savannah. You got to love it. All right. We play uh, four innings here. Okay, first inning, we go to Major League Baseball, and we throw a little, a little, uh, I guess you would say, a nugget in there, how we break down the divisions to have a little fun with it. Yeah, then we'll go make it fun. You don't want to hear the scores. We're going to talk about what's going on. You got it. And then in inning number two, we go, we chop on the Braves. We talk about the Braves, what's going on. Big turnaround in a week. We got a lot to talk about. And then inning number three, we break down the Savannah Bananas, first place team, six and one. And, of course, we'll talk about the local guys who are still playing that aren't injured in Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, and Independent League Baseball, and in the Mexican Baseball League. All right. So, and then, of course, inning number four, trivia. It's the coach against the fanatic. I know you're five, two, and one. Okay. You're you're spreading the distance. Okay. I understand that, but I'm going to make it tough on you tonight, buddy. Oh, let's do it. I just hope you know it and you're ready for it. So uh, let's kick off. (laughs) Inning number one. Let's go around the horn as we do. Now for tonight, of course, we're going to talk about the division leaders, but we're also going to talk about the ugliest, ugliest ever uniforms for each division. So let's start with, of course, we start with the junior circuit, the American League. We start in the AL East. Uh, But first of all, I got to go to something quick. I wanted to say this quick. I got to get this off my, your buddy, Joe Madden's gone. And my buddy, Joe Girardi's gone. So I got to say this to you, fanatic. Two (laughs) paisans. But they always blame the manager. The manager doesn't sign the players. The manager doesn't go on the field and play. He has to deal with the hand he's dealt. And sometimes it's not fair. It's not. Philly's bullpen is horrible. Garbage. And, and Joe Girardi had to deal with it. Of course, they won like three and four in a row after they fired him. Madden, what did he have out there? He didn't. Other than the middle of the lineup, and you know that power, and you've got Shohei Otani in the rotation, and of course, with that big bat on days when he doesn't pitch, you don't have a whole lot. There's a lot of gaps in that ball club. And yep. they, it, it's unbelievable. A 12-game losing streak out there in L.A., 
And I love Joe Madden. God bless him. He's been a great manager, you know, for the better part of 20 years here. But he's got to wear the hat on this one. I don't think it's his fault, but a decision had to be made. And, of course, Joe gets shown the door. It's unfortunate. Well, general manager should have something to do because he's, he's the guy that gets the players. That's all I got to say. He builds the team. Right. Thank you. So we'll go with that. All right. Inning, inning number one. Let's get off around the horn. we got to go pretty quick here now. So we go, go, of course – to the junior circuit, the AL East, we'll start on the East Coast, work ourselves to the West Coast, come back with the uh, National League. So well, let's start it out. Yankees, unbelievable, buddy. What can I tell you? 39-15 and 15 going into tonight's game. Uh, they get a six-game winning streak right now. They are 8-2, and two, seven games over a really talented Toronto team that's 32-22. and 22. And the Tampa Bay Rays, also a solid ball club. They're only one game behind Toronto. You, uh, you know, and... But the Yankees right now, that pitching staff has been absolutely filthy. They've overcome some injuries, but ultimately you got the power. You got a healthy Aaron Judge. We talked about it last week. You got Giancarlo. You got Anthony Rizzo playing first class, you know, first base. And just an unbelievable run right now. They're off to the best start in the American League since 2001. And that was a 116-win team in the Seattle Mariners. So, yeah, the Yanks are unbelievably hot right now. All right, I muted the mic because I had a cough and I didn't unmute it. So okay, so okay. Once again, That's the okay. Yankees are up seven games. Okay, <laughs> and here's what we're gonna do with uh, tonight. We're gonna pick the ugliest uniforms ever by each division. The first Ooh. one for me because it is the Yankees. It is my division. I'm gonna go with the 1971 Baltimore Orioles with that all orange uniform. They weren't Orioles. They were orange men. They were pumpkins. I, oh. I, I don't like all, all the same color uniforms. I don't know about you, but that's my worst in that uh, AL East. Okay, I'm going to go with you a little bit on that because I remember, and even Buck Showalter said, and they went out and played an unbelievably bad game in uh, you know the early, early teens, I would say, when he was still with Baltimore. And he said, absolutely not. We're not wearing those again. I refuse to wear those orange pants again. For me, it's the, the Tampa Bay Devil Ray inaugural uniform. I mean, it looks fake. It looks like a fake made-up team. They went away from it and eventually went away from the whole idea of being called the Devil Rays all the way. Totally with you there on though, Coach. All right. Excuse me. Let's go to the Central now. The Twinkies have the lead, 32-24, four and a half games up on the surprisingly Indians. But just like last week, the Twinkies, the only ones, Minnesota Twins, if you don't know who the Twinkies are, the Minnesota Twins is the only above 500 ball club. Yeah, it's unfortunate. That's a really weak division, a very frustrating Chicago White Sox team. The Indians have been in a tailspin. And uh, right now, I mean, <laughs> you can, you're can you barely under 500, but you can still be five games out like the White Sox are four and a half for Cleveland. And it, it's absolutely ridiculous right now because there's a lot of talent in both of those teams. I still think the White Sox are a way more talented team, but the Twinkies are playing phenomenal ball, even though they've had a pretty rough week. What you got? I'll go with you. I agree with you 100%. Minnesota's got that division. Byron Buxton. I mean, you got to love the kid from Appling County High School. The ugliest uniform ever in that division, I'm going to go all red. When he was the player, Ooh. manager. Oh, 
75 with, Indians. I know where you're going. With Frankie Robinson. Okay. And the best story about that, Boog Powell, the great um, – the guy that also wore the Baltimore Orioles uniform that was all orange in 71. He was finishing up his career with – the Cleveland Indians of 75 and he went up there and he's wearing that tight spandex. He gained about 30 pounds and man, I look like a bloody Mary. Those things were hideous. All right. Let's stay uh, in the uh, AL. We go out to the West Houston, an eight and a half game over the, I guess, managing, managing is or no Joe Madden yeah. manager anymore. Yeah. The interim manager needing. Yes. <laughs> the LA Los Angeles Angels. Angels. Oh. My goodness. And once again, here's another division where only one team is over 500 again, and that's the Houston Astros. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's a crazy thing. A 12-game losing streak for the Los Angeles Angels, finally dropping under 500, a team that was absolutely guns blazing in May and is really just falling apart. And, of course, that cost Joe Madden his job. You know, he came back to where he got started from or he got started with, with the Angels. But, I mean, somebody had to wear that, you know, unfortunate sombrero there, and he got the heck. So he is out of a job right now, but uh, Houston is pulling away in a very winnable-looking division because remember we thought that Seattle you know, had a little bit of something going right now, but they can't seem to figure things out right now. The injury bugs bit them too. All right, and of course now we got to go to the ugliest uniform evers. I'm going to stay with the Astros when they did that rainbow brown. You don't like the orange. sunrise? That's no. a classic. No, I did not like it one bit at all. I just got lost oh. in the whole thing. Bring back those the Colt are... 45s, buddy. Okay, those were pretty solid uniforms. You know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm against you on this one. I think those uniforms look great. Um, there are very few uniforms in the AL West that I don't like. I can't even really pick one. So, I, you know what? Fine. You, you don't like the Tequila Sunrise. I love it. And basically, you're looking at a whole big pile of expansion teams out there. So, of course, you're going to have kind of – crazy double nits as they did back in the seventies. There's really not one that I can really give a bad grade for. All right. So we'll go I'm, with that. I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag on that. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, th- let's stay out in the West. Let's go to that NL West where we got uh, three teams above 500 Arizona, Colorado, are just starting to sink to the, uh, to the, to the Pacific ocean. Uh, so uh, Dodgers 34 and 19, two and a half game lead on the uh, Padres and a five and a half game lead on San Francisco Giants. Yeah, absolutely. Dodgers continue to play good ball, even though they've been five and five over the last 10, dropped a couple. San Diego still staying in the mix with two and a half back right there. I mean, it's really no shock. It's going to be a three-team race, but the Dodgers are going to be the Dodgers right now. That is a talented, healthy ball club. Good luck catching them. All right. Worst uniform ever in that division? Oh, the Padres. Yeah, I could give you 10 Padre uniforms. I hate in that division. Oh, my gosh. I've hated those. And it's not because of the 84 situation, but I got to tell you, those Castilian bronze things are hideous. Hey, they wanted to be like a friar. And anytime a team puts on duty brown, there's something wrong with it. I don't see a man of the cloth even wearing something that bad. (laughs) All right. So now we go to the your your division. The NL Central with your ugly shirt on that people can't see. Oh, yeah. 79 Cubbies, powder blue, double knit. Let's go. With, right. pinch, with pinch stripes, but uh, Milwaukee's holding their own. They're, they're only a half a game out over the Cardinals. I know- Cardinals have had a really good week. But, yeah, Milwaukee is 10 games over right now, even though they dropped three, four, six over the last 10. Only a half game lead over the Redbirds, who have been red hot. 
Uh, of course, they took three, uh, three out of five against my Cubbies over the weekend in a really tight series. But uh, strong ball club. Look for a young guy named Brendan Donovan. That is that kid is playing some absolutely great baseball right now. And they're kind of hanging in there. And there's really no other challengers for that division. So it turns out it's going to be a two-team race for the foreseeable future in the Central. So I want to hear you're ugly. And I feel like it's really going to hurt my feelings. What you got? You got it on. Oh, the powder you blue. You got the 79 Chicago Cubs baby blue pinstripe shirt that looks like you came out of a, a, a birdcage. I don't even have any birds. But I don't recall any. You know what? I'm happy to wear this. I am proud okay. of it. This, this so is my your- favorite jersey. Who's my? Oh, wow. Okay. I get a struggle because, I mean, I, of course, I'm biased and I really do not like the Cardinals. But, uh, you know, it's- even the 70s Pirates, man, this is killing me. There really isn't a bad one in the Central for me. They're just standing about- Hold it. Hold it. Hold it now. All right. Come on. Milwaukee's blue, blue and gold. They they did the baby blue. St. Louis did the I baby like blue. I like baby blue. Chicago they Cubs done the Those baby blue. Won with that. Cincinnati's always done the red, the full red uniform. Okay, I like the Cincinnati uniform with the cutoff sleeves, with the white shirt, the white. Oh vest. yeah, the Ted Klusewski. Okay. You know but what that about era? when Pittsburgh came out in those red tops? Oh, that's a, oh that's okay, a, okay. Back, that's a close okay. second that's to fair. the to, to the I'm baby blue thing. You're winning. Uniforms are a little bit off. All right. Those were kind of weird. There was no reason the Pittsburgh, the black and gold, should ever be wearing that. That happened in what, like 90, 94, 95, 95 something like that. right. Okay. The baseball was bad, and those cutoffs were even worse. Stick to the black and gold. All right. I'm, I'm totally – I totally forgot about that one. All right. All right. Last division. We're Bye. going to the NL East. Okay. Mets still nine games up on the Braves. The Braves are starting to turn things around. They're over 500. Uh, last week they were they were eleven games out. I think we were talking about. So they made up two nine games. Out now. Yeah. So they're only nine out. So uh, you know it's going to be a dog fight for the whole year. Joe Girardi gets fired from the Phillies. We'll see what happens like that. Don Manning can't bring the fish out of the ocean, and uh, Washington is just fodder. Yep. It like they used to say: first in war, first in peace, last in the American League. And now you can just substitute it for the National League because that team is god awful. Yep. So. Uh, all right, let you go first. Worst uniform ever in that division. You know, even though it was, you know, an expansion team, you're kind of going for that. I, I have never seen so much teal that I didn't need to see from <laughs> those early 93 Marlin uniforms. But what bothered me the most was the batting helmet. That is a ridiculous helmet. And they got rid of that pretty quick. So uh, Marlins, 93 to 95, that's my pick. And I got to go again with the all-red bacon uniform worn by the Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, those that look like undercooked bacon. I picture Pete Rose with his great hit, with his great swing and his bad haircut. Yep, you know, spraying the ball all over the place. Those were hideous. You should never. You got to go two tone if you're going to do a double knit. You got to go two tone. Okay, uh, uh, it just looks like they're making bacon playing professional baseball. So well, uh, they're not. <laughs> right. All right. So quickly, last question for you. Colorado Rockies uh, throwback or their uh, retro uniform they wore this weekend. Did you like it? I thought it was OK. You know, I, I'm not really bothered by it too much. Um, you know, it with their color scheme, you know, you know what you're going to get. It didn't blow my mind. I, you know, I never expected to see forest green. I thought it would have some kind of purple in it, but it wasn't that bad. It had the Rocky Mountain outline. Didn't look bad. John Denver. 
up there is loving it, you know, because he liked that Rocky Mountain High, and it's on their uniform. So, yeah, it wasn't that bad at all. All right. Yep. Inning number one in the book. We went a little over. Got the ugliest uniforms. this was going to happen. <laughs> got the ugliest uniforms out of the way. Uh, once again, you're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast for June 7th, 2022, with the coach Carl Gamasi and Kyle Lawson. And we're all part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Five shows right here on Wednesday nights, rubbing and grubbing on the internet. Brandon Bain, the Atlanta man, talking all things NASCAR with uh, Lawrence Bennett in the control booth. Okay, doing a great job. Wednesday night, 6 to 7. Facebook, Coach's Corner, uh, YouTube page, and then a podcast. And then, of course, you got yours truly on Saturday mornings doing a call to Massey Sports Report from 9 to about 10.30. And the other live show that only goes once a year live, the 19th hole with the Herb Brothers, who are in a golf challenge between the 19th hole and, of course, one of our podcasts uh, uh, on the Coach's Corner uh, Sports Network. That's the Hot Grids Podcast. They're going back and forth. Who's the better golfer? So that's, that should come down to a golf uh, match coming up down at the end of the month. And, of course, Ooh, yeah. our podcast, uh, the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast, show number five in the books. Okay, second inning, we got to talk about the Braves. And the Braves have been turning it around. They're hot. Wow. I mean, uh, they're a, a seven and three in the last 10. Uh, they've won their last five. So uh, something's going on up there in Atlanta. And did you know that they are over 500 way before what happened last year? Last year was August 6th before they made it to that 500 mark. You are so right on that, Coach, and I'm so glad you brought up that stat. Braves have a great week over the last 10 games. Uh, they are 7-3. and three. They won five in a row. They swept the Colorado Rockies. Great road trip. Great pitching. Great starting pitching has been the key. Max Fried looked great over the weekend. He threw five scoreless, 102 pitches, and they won it in extra innings. I mean, and you're getting production up and down the lineup with the bats. Contreras, Darno, Riley, Acuna, you name it. They're going out there and doing it. But ultimately, what makes me the happiest right now is over the last 10 games, you've seen good starting performances from Max Freed, Ian Anderson, uh, Charlie Morton, and Kyle Wright, who gets to start tonight against Oakland right now. And uh, they're above 500 right now. And they're coming into a week where they really have a chance to take on some below 500 teams and really try to beat the teams that you need to beat before you face another um, round with another division challenger. I bet basically could say you're going to play a stretch against the Oakland A's. Then you're going to take on four games with Pittsburgh. And that's going to be a great six game homestand uh, before they have to take on Washington. And albeit they are in last place in the Eastern division, that is a divisional team and you want to go out and be able to win those games. So uh, it's been a lot of fun and um, just a good week just to kind of get the good vibes going back on the road, coming back to Truist with a chance to really do some damage and make a little bit of a dent in that East. All right, just to jump on you with Kyle Wright. So Kyle Wright has uh, last started on June 1st at Arizona, pitched uh, six scoreless innings, allowing three hits and a seizing most five walks. He struck out five, but he still got out of there with a scoreless. He's pitched so far, has four scoreless scoreless starts this season he leads the majors in uh scoreless starts um i think the only two pitches is miami's pablo lopez and detroit's tyreek scoobal scoobal yeah scoobal so uh so you got to give that to Wright. and uh Wright's four scoreless starts are are twice as many as any other braves pitcher max freed has had two tucker davidson has and charlie mullen each have one so uh, the guy's on the mound He's their ace right now. 
but they're also facing Oakland's ace, uh, left-handed pitcher Cole Irvin, two and two, two point nine six ERA. Yeah, another guy that came through the Oakland A's organization the last couple of years. I mean, talented guy, and we'll see if the Braves can continue, you know, their good streak with the starting pitching right now, and um, obviously with the bats. But I mean, I feel like we're at a healthier place than we were uh, since the last time we talked. Right now, and that's great. I mean, and that big sweep over the Rockies over the weekend. You take all four of those games. That's the biggest shot of the arm the Braves could have needed right now. Um, and you've seen a lot of great uh, production up and down that lineup and some great starts. So I feel really good for the Braves going into this week. They have a chance to take on Oakland, a team that's clearly rebuilding, and a Pittsburgh team we know is rebuilding. Don't let that – they're hanging around 500. Don't let that record fool you. They can go ahead and, tr- and win this series, and then that will put them in a uh, good spot starting next week to take on the Washington Nationals and try to make an even bigger dent in that East. So um, – Really good, really good showing, and I, I'm just so happy that the Braves are finally getting on the right track. All right, I know I got to bring a, on a bad note to you, on a on a down note, on an era that, that we don't want to talk about. The Braves don't play well against the American League teams. I mean, let's look at it already. Uh, I mean, they they started Very and they true. dropped, dropped two out of three to Texas. They split with Boston. Now this is this is a key key note that I found. The Braves went one and nine against American League teams in Atlanta in 2021 with their only win coming on July 17, 2021, against the Devil Rays. Sorry, the Rays. I know what since, you said. Since Truist opened in 2017, they're 22-30 and 30 against uh, American League teams. Yeah, but I got to look at the place that they're at right now. You have to t- look past the, the stats in the last couple of years. Sample size, we know they didn't get over 500 until August last year. And I really feel like they're, they have the momentum going for them right now. I mean, even if they split. That's all well and good. Take the W and move on. But I really feel like they're going to be able to do some damage and at least take four out of six, not five out of six, against Oakland and Pittsburgh this week. All right. Now, to end this segment up, you got to be excited about it. It's not a coming home party, but it is a coming home party because Matt Olson played 10 years with the Oakland A's. He's never been in another uniform until he put on the Braves uniform this year. 10 years with the same team, how do you think he's going to be feeling tonight? Well, you know, a lot of mixed feelings right now. Of course, he comes home to play for the Braves, but the the Oakland Athletics were his first baseball organization. He came up through there. He had some great all-star seasons there, and, of course, I'm sure there'll be a lot of fond memories with his teammates. But ultimately, once the pageantry gets over with and he says his hellos to everybody within the organization, time to get to work and go out and beat him. Well, it's going to be pretty interesting tonight. As we said, you got Kyle Wright, okay, the man that leaves the uh, Braves in squalor starts, taking on left-handed Cole Irvin, the, the the number one pitcher for the A's tonight up there at Truist Park. So we'll get ready, ready for it. We'll talk more about the Braves next week. Hey, if they go another 7-3, and three, it might be down to seven games there, Kyle. Keep it going right now, and remember, you got extended playoffs. Don't look at the standings yet. Take care of the teams you need to beat on paper, and we'll see where we're at. Take a deep breath, Braves fans. We're over 500, and we're starting to gain some ground here, playing some good ball, and we're even going to get healthier. A lot earlier than 2021, that's for sure. You got that. That's inning number two in the books. Okay, so we're going to the dugout. We're going to start with inning number three. But once again, you're listening to the Who's on First Base Baseball podcast with the coach, Carl Demasi, and the baseball fanatic, Kyle Lawson. And it's all part of the Coach's Corner Sports Network. Let's see if my man, he knows trivia, he knows music, 
What's happening in the Sound Garden Saturday night, buddy? What you got for me? U2.0, and you know Ooh. who that tribute band for. That is going to be a really good time. So a great U2 tribute band. If you love uh, all the great music of U2 up and down their catalog, this is for you. Come on out. Check them out in the Sound Garden. They sound great. They've been playing the Southeast for quite a while, and this is going to be an absolute ball. Go out to Eventbrite and get your tickets now. If you love U2 like I do, you're going to enjoy this show. Okay, and the rest of the lineup for the month of June in the Soundgarden on Saturday, June 18th, all shows start at 7 o'clock, we got Cowboy. Who's Cowboy? That looks, sounds like a Kid Rock tribute band. If I The man knows his baseball and the man knows his music. Then, of course, if he doesn't get this right, I don't know, I'm going to get a little upset with him, but on Saturday, June 25th, <laughs> Elton Live. Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah, this is going to be an unbelievable tribute uh, covering the entire catalog of Elton John. I got to see Elton in the flesh down in Florida. It was an awesome weekend, but this is the next best thing, and you are absolutely going to love this show. All right, so that's inning number two of the book. Let's start inning number three. Let's peel some bananas. That's right. Savannah Bananas off to a 6-1 and start. They're in first place. Uh, they're hot. They finally lost their first game. I think it was on Sunday against the Forest City Owls, but they came back last night and they beat the Florence Flamingos. All pink uniform, buddy. Yeah, I was about to say, they wanted to give us a run for our money as far as garish uniforms. Well, they did a heck of a job, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty ugly uniforms, but they come in, they're uh, six and one, sold out every, every, uh, every, every game. Excuse me, but I think um, June 9th, I think that's Friday, they're having a blood drive. If you go go donate blood June 9th, you can get two tickets to the June 15th game and their tickets. That's very hard to come by. Yeah, that is you're doing something great. You can help save a life and you can get tickets for an upcoming bananas game. And like like the coach said, good luck getting these because most of the games are sold out. So go out there, support, um, you know the local Savannah blood bank and get a chance to see the bananas. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, what, what's crazy about this team this year? I mean, there's no standouts. There's nobody really stepping out and being the phenomenal player that we've had with, uh, you know, of course, Bill Leroy, legendary four year player for bananas. Of course, on the Hill, we've had Kyle Lucas from Richmond Hill. So right now, I mean, we got some of the we got some of the same names coming in. Uh, uh, what's his name? Calero's back. I mean, oh, absolutely. Uh, the the yeah. shortstop. Uh, what was the shortstop's name uh, for um, from last year? He played for Georgia Southern. But anyway, Georgia Southern got knocked out. He'll be coming back. So uh, really, nobody, nobody out outstanding or or or, or that. Some underclassmen that- are mixing it up a little bit. A lot of fresh faces, freshmen and freshmen and sophomore. And, uh, you know, I was looking up and down the CPL website today, and, you know, there's a lot of guys that I just didn't recognize, young guys, 18, 19, 20, that, um, you know, Savannah fans are going to get a chance to get to know a little bit throughout this summer. But there were a lot of names that um, I was unaware of, but they're all, a lot of them are coming from really big collegiate programs. And that should make banana fans, you know, really excited to see some great talent that's coming through. Well, we'll see what happens uh, when when they get going. Uh, 
uh, it's going to be pretty exciting, pretty interesting. Uh, we're not even seven games in. They're six and one. They got a one half game lead. So it, on the high tom, so it's going to be pretty interesting what the bananas do. And it's sold out. If you can try and get a ticket somehow, try and get it. But like I said, if you donate blood Friday uh, at Grayson Stadium, really you'll cool. be able to get two tickets to a bananas game. So uh, get out there and support. You know the blood banks, American Red Cross. They all need blood donated to them. So uh, get out there and support. Uh, our local team, and you want those tickets, just give a little blood. I was about to say, save a life and watch some baseball. I think that's a pretty good trade-off. I got to say this quick, though. You know, yeah. I got used to watching Banana Ball. And I know oh, about- my gosh, for like a month and a half, you think I'm, about it. I'm going like- to freak you out. <laughs> Go ahead. Watch- watching a Major League Baseball game is long. I didn't realize until I watched so many Banana preseason games you know the, the the banana world tour yeah during the tour <clears throat> and of course i went to the banana fest it's over in two hours these games go for three three and a half four hours it's mind-boggling how long a major league baseball game is it, it very it very much is and i mean this is a you know really fun way to get people that you know may not be able to or may not even be really engaged with baseball to fall in love with the game a little bit and in a different way. And I think that it's pretty great. But yeah, when you watch a banana ball game and it's done in two hours, and I mean, it is down to the clock. You are done. I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, Major League Baseball games can go, you know, three and four hours, but that's the way the game is played. And uh, the bananas are, you know, trying to change it up a little bit. But yeah, it, it kind of got in my head a little bit too when the regular season started. All right. That's. Uh... The first half of inning number three. Now for the bottom half, we're going to talk about the local ball players playing in major leagues, minor leagues, Mexican league, independent league. And we'll start out with the only man in the major leagues, J.B. Wendelkin, and had a tough time on June 3rd there, buddy. Yeah, he got knocked around. That was the last time he came up. He gave up three earned runs on two hits and uh, had a walk, didn't even get an out. And that was his last appearance. It was against the Pittsburgh Pirates back on the third. But he does have 19 appearances. And over the last seven games, he's been really solid with the exception of that outing, one-and-one record. And, um, you know, finally getting the ERA above, excuse me, below. uh, He's looking at a 4.5 ERA over his last seven games. But, uh, of course, that's a little bit inflated with his appearance against Pittsburgh right now. But he is healthy, and he just got touched up. But, I mean, you can go out and have one bad outing, and that screws up all your stats. But, overall, he's had a really solid month, and best of luck. Yep, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Okay, so let's uh, stay in the minor leagues. There is one player in the minor leagues, and that's, of course, Tyler Batchelor. But he's been on the injured reserve list. He hasn't pitched since May 14th. little shoulder strain, trying to work his way back. Trained elbow. Yeah, I thought I thought he had some shoulder issues too, but I, yeah, I knew he had some inflammation in his elbow. Uh, he hasn't pitched since the nineteenth, and that was against uh, that was against Omaha. Uh, season stats as of right now: two and one, three eighty-six ERA through seven games and seven point one innings pitched. Yeah, it says on his uh, latest transactions, May twentieth, twenty twenty-two, St. Paul Saints placed right-handed pitcher Tyler Batch on the seven-day injured list right elbow strain so uh he's not in it okay now let's go to mexico your boy josh reddick playing for who los aceros de monclova for those of you scoring at home that is the monclova steelers so i I love saying it love saying i can't believe he's 35 years old already i can't believe that 
Yeah, I know. I mean, you think about it, and <laughs> I feel like we were just watching him at South Effingham High School, and here he is. He's down there with a team that's chock full of ex-major leaguers, trying to work his way back, 28 games in, four bombs, 13 RBIs, 293 batting average. What I like the most, he's getting on base at over a 400 clip. His on-base plus slugging is 882. So, you know, really putting up a solid, you know, you know, a solid performance down there. And hopefully he gets a look later in the season to maybe get a call back to the show. Right. In November, he already's uh, committed to go play where? He is going to play out in Perth, Australia, in the ABL, the Australian Baseball League. And I mean, I would say the quality of play out there is between A-ball and double-A. Uh, and, yeah, it's actually spawned a few major league players in its time. But, yeah, he is trying to keep living the dream, playing overseas, playing down under, and hopefully he gets a shot back in the bigs. All right. And now we got to go to the Atlantic Independent League. Don Damasi is still on the uh, disabled list, uh, still got some uh, elbow or shoulder problems, and uh, he, he's still trying to work that back. Uh He's been out since May 17th, okay, uh, for the Charleston River, sorry, the Charleston Dirty, Dirty Birds, Birds in West Virginia. Uh, his uh, high school teammate, uh, Ryan Lawler, right now, uh, pitched on uh, Saturday. Didn't yep. do a bad job. Got the start, three innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, three strikeouts. So uh, he got his ERA lowered a little, but this time it was in a starting role versus in a relieving, reliever role because that's what he's been mostly been doing is becoming out of the bullpen. Yeah, he's got three wins coming out of the bullpen right there, you know, over 20 innings pitch. But I was glad that they decided to stretch him out a little bit because that's what he wants to do. The, you know, when he made it to the highest level, when he made it to AAA, he was a starter. And, you know, he kind of is looking to kind of work his way into that swingman role a little bit. And, uh, yeah, he looked pretty solid to those first few innings. So keep it up. Maybe see if he can go five or six next time. So once again – that's inning number three in the books with the Savannah Bananas in first place, six and one, playing tonight against the Florence Flamingos in Grayson Stadium, all pink uniforms. Okay, so uh, it's pretty it's pretty exciting when you see all yellow and all pink going at you. But I don't know if I'd wear that all pink though, there, buddy. Looks like course, a lot of country time lemonade to me. Yeah, and of course, our local players that are playing uh, in the uh, big leagues or trying to make it to the big leagues. So once again, it's in the books, and it's. The Who's on First Base Baseball Podcast brought to you by Coaches Corner Sports Network. All right. Last part, inning f- number four, trivia. The Fanatic leads 5-2-1. to one. So uh, I was the home team uh, last week. I'm the visiting team this week. So uh, we play two innings, two questions. If we're tied, we go to a tiebreaker. If we don't get the tiebreaker, we don't break the tie. It stays a tie. So uh, that's the way we're going to go. So uh, coaches up first. Shoot your question there, big guy. All right. I actually came up with a theme tonight since Eduardo Escobar for the Mets hit into a cycle the second of the season in Major League Baseball. I ask you this, Coach. Can you name me the team that has the most players that have hit for the cycle? Can you give me the team? Actually, you know what? I'm just going to give you the team. It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Can you tell me how many they've had? How many players have hit for the cycle? Yeah, they have more. They have more players that have hit for the cycle. What is the total number of players that they've had that have hit for the cycle? What you got for me? Mm, Home run. It's pretty shocking. Double six. What? It's pretty shocking. I'll say 26. You know what? That's a fair guess. You should have taken the under 22. 
Ah, all right. I went on a tangent today, and I went a little cycle crazy in my questions. So, all right. Yeah. Good guess, though. This one's going to be tough for you. Okay, because I just told you the Florence Flamingos are an all-pink uniform team. There's a team that wore all-pink player uniforms with pink socks. Major Ooh. League team. And it's back in 1916. Can you name that team that did that? That would be Brooklyn. Okay, good guess, but no. The Dodgers also wore player uniforms. Oh, my the gosh. Same time, the oh, Giants wore all they pink. Did it too? The New, York, New York Giants wore all pink uniforms. Oh, my gosh. I thought I had Co- That's what Coach right. McGraw, the manager McGraw, liked to do. Oh, I didn't even know that. But I just learned <laughs> something today. All right. So I told nothing, you, nothing. It was going to be right. tough, so I can try and get a win here. All right, that's fair. Can you name me? They're okay. Currently, now I want to see how I want to ask this a little bit here. All right. So the there are a handful of players that have hit for the cycle in a career. The highest number for a given player is three. Can you name me the player that has three? cycles in his career and he is an active player three cycles and he's an active player yeah so that means you got to run like a deer and be able to hit and he's active yeah he's active three cycles. i know that's the thing that got me you think of a dead ball guy and yes there are some dead ball guys on that list but this would have got me. <laughs> Hit for three cycles. I, I, I mean, hit for the cycle three times. I know. Jeez. Uh, now I just I wanted to say it the right way. What you got? I know what you're saying. No, I just that was more for me. My inner monologue is coming out. Freddie, uh, Freddie uh, Freeman. No, but he does play on the same team as the gentleman, Trey Turner. Trey Turner. With three. I got you. All right. I'm sticking with my uh, uniform uh, questions here. Okay. We know who wore the first, who put numbers on the uniforms first? The Yankees. Okay. 1929. But there was a team that did it back in 1910, but they didn't stay with it. Can you name that team? Philadelphia Athletics. Cleveland Indians in 1910 oh. placed the numbers on their sleeves. On their sleeves. I knew it was on the sleeves. And I knew it was an American League team. Oh, my gosh. You're killing me here. All right. Tiebreaker. All right. I'm sticking with cycles, and I hope you're sticking with uniforms. So, let's see here. With Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle last night, since, just to see if you're paying attention. Who got the first one of this season? This year? Yeah. Trey Taylor. (laughs) First off, uh, no. uh, It's Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is going to be a tough one for you. I don't know if you're going to get it. Get it. Who was the first team ever to wear official baseball uniforms? 
official baseball uniforms. Oh yep. my gosh. First team that ever put on a baseball uniform. Okay. Yeah, I know there's got to be I know there's got to be a catch here. Because <coughs> uh, I know the New York Knickerbockers were not exactly wearing proper uniforms. Uh, I'm going to go Cincinnati Red Stockings. Well, we're going to wind up in a tie. You should have stuck with your first comment there because the first team was the New, the New York City Knickerbockers Baseball Club. Oh, they, my gosh. They wore a white flannel shirt. They all wore blue wool pants, and they wore straw hats. You should have stayed with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I knew. All right. You know what? I should take the L on this one. That no, no. Me. It ends with a tie. I didn't get any of them, so it ends and with a tie. Okay. So, but hey, we got that to was stick a good one. So we're five, two, and two. Not a five, bad way to start. So Nine we'll, episodes. I like this. So it's five, two, and two on baseball trivia once again. Uh, don't forget this weekend in the, in the Sound Garden where it's all music, all fun since 1991. It's the U2.0 U2 love tribute band. Go to Eventbrite. Starts at seven o'clock. Then the rest of the month on June 18th, we got Cowboy, the Ultimate Kid Rock tribute band. And on June 25th, Elton John Live, the Elton Live experience. So uh, go check that out. Well, good show. And uh, sorry that Joe Madden and Joe Girardi are gone now. Yeah, uh, you and me both. So we'll see if we're going to see any uh, more uh, different uniforms like the Rockies wore this weekend. So uh, it's going to be pretty exciting. And once again, uh, you got to love the bananas. Sold out again. Grayson Stadium's rocking tonight. So yeah, if you want to get a ticket, go give blood June 9th and you can get two free tickets to the June 15th game. Save a life. Go watch the bananas. I think it's you got a pretty it. sweet deal, coach. So whatever you may be doing today or tomorrow, what are you going to do there, uh, big ball fanatic? Uh, I would make sure to always hit it out of the park. And until we speak to you next week, may it be what? Your best week ever. God bless. Say your prayers for everybody because right now this is just a crazy world. It is a crazy world, but hey, we ha we're happy to be your little diversion for a you know few minutes here tonight. We'll catch you next week. We're out of here. See ya. It's the who's.